Now I may not be the worst or the best, but you gotta respect my honesty. And I may break your heart. Hello and welcome back to Listen to This, a podcast about music, for music, and everything in between. I'm Danny. And I'm Alex. And today is a wild card day. So we're basically Danielle, what does that mean? Oh god. We're basically (laughs) just talking about either new music we found. Uh I'm kind of listing listing uh where I'm finding music nowadays cuz I feel like it's not primarily the radio anymore. And so I want to talk about how we're getting our music now cuz I feel okay. like that'd be yeah. interesting. For sure. And also uh, I got to talk about the little peep doc. But other than that, <laughs> everybody's everything now on Amazon Prime. <laughs> wow. I assume nice I, plug. I I actually don't know where it is. It was I, on Netflix. Was it Netflix? Yeah. I I had to go out of my way to like actively find a physical DVD copy of it because oh, I, wow. I, I want to stream it, but I have it now. I didn't know there was an actual DVD. Copy. It like wasn't publicized. I'm not even sure if it's like technically authorized or not, but oh, I, I I have a DVD on my book on my shelf. So <laughs> well, that works since you're like one of the few people in the world who doesn't have Netflix at the moment. Yeah, but the uh this is this is gonna be more or less i mean you, you have some notes and i definitely have some th- some songs organized so i can talk about them in a certain way but this will be probably the closest thing we have to a stream of consciousness podcast episode oh god i'm so sorry <laughs> oh <laughs> there no might be some editing involved in this one it's gonna be heavy editing in this this might be like a five minute podcast when all said and done <laughs> Welcome back to Listen to This, a podcast about music, for music, and everything in between. I'm Alex, I'm Danny, and tune in next week for (laughs) for the next episode. Bye! When you're done with your non-alcoholic bottle of wine. Oh yeah, this is important. Uh, So usually, (laughs) when 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 we're doing the podcast, we have... We each have a beverage, you know, just to keep our, our throats hydrated and whatever, so we're not talking like this by the end of it. And usually... Danny will go with a Mountain Dew of some variety or a coffee. And I usually have a water bottle or a juice bottle. But the water bottle will have like Mio in it because I'm a wimp who doesn't like regular water. But for the past couple weeks, I have had a bottle of wine sitting in my fridge. So I decided I'm going to get this out of there because it's just taking up room. Um, but don't worry, it is not alcoholic wine. So this this won't ever devolve... I shouldn't say non-alcoholic. It says alcohol removed. Yeah, which, that makes We're not me entirely sure if that means non-alcoholic, but if by the end of the podcast I'm talking a little bit slower, that's probably because alcohol removed doesn't mean alcohol-free. <laughs> I can't wait. It's like an experiment that we all get to witness. And given that I'm already a quarter of the way through the bottle. Yeah, that's impressive because white Zinfandel, that's a hard one to drink. But I also, I mean, I like it because it's so sweet, but like you even said at the beginning with the alcohol all gone, it's really bringing the... Uh, vinegar to the uh forefront (laughs) but oh well in any case what have you been listening to lately danny Ooh, all right so i actually got some new music um one of them is afterglow by ed sheeran that one i think is a single off of his newest album that just came out um it's just a cute little after song that you'd expect from ed sheeran to be honest but it's cute and it has a guitar, so I'm here for that, to be honest. It's cute and it has a guitar. That's all. I'm a simple person, man. That's all I need. Um, but I was really excited to bring this up. So this has been out for a couple weeks now since we've last recorded. And uh, it's called Acting Like That by Youngblood featuring Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Oh, my God. It sounds... I read this tweet that somebody sent out. 
and Associated Press, which is like the alternative uh, music scene magazine, uh, they <laughs> came out and were like, they tweeted, uh, acting like that kind of sounded like Shake It from Metro Station. And then they played like a the chorus blurb of Machine Gun Kelly song and the chorus blurb of uh, Metro Station. And oh my God, now yeah. I can't get it out of my head. It's like an updated version of it. I mean, I'm here for that because, I mean, I don't know anything about Metro Station besides Shake It. And that it's the two people in the band are the brothers of uh, Miley Cyrus and Mitchell Musso. Mitchell Musso, was it? Honestly, I'm not sure. Something like that. I just knew Miley Cyrus' brother. Yeah. Because he dated London from uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Brenda Song? Yeah. She's cool. I like her. I guess I haven't seen her or anything, with at least within the last three years, but still. Uh, but okay, no, I'll, I'll, I, I do remember you now, now that you texted me that. I meant to look into it, but I never did. On that same topic, though, uh, B, mess, B texted me and said, don't you think the beginning to One Republic's Everybody Loves Me sounds a lot like Loser by Beck? And I'm like, I don't really think so, but I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> They're pretty, I mean, it, it, I... I it would take you maybe like ten seconds, to kind of process. Oh wait, no, this is a different song. But it, at first, it's like, yeah, this is this is this is pretty damn similar. But um, okay. So, but um, but um, but um, but um. But um, but um, but um. Uh, another oh one God. is "Black Hole" by Griff. I actually got that off Facebook because I kept seeing them, uh, like watch this in music videos or whatever on Facebook. Okay. And uh, this is gonna sound funny, but what pulled me in was, uh. The blurb of the music video is her just riding a horse in like downtown somewhere in this really bright silver puffy dress. And I'm like, I need to understand what's going on here. So then I actually looked it up and I'm, it's just like a breakup song sort of deal where it's okay. just like, I see you're doing like you left. You're doing good. I'm miserable. But hey, how's it going sort of deal. And I don't know. The, the melody for it is super simple. Mm-hmm. And there's like the instruments for it are super simple. And then her voice just sounds so good over it that I'm like, okay, I like this. This is a good song. Hmm. That's almost kind of like, a, I mean, to a, to a different degree, because it's the actual, you said it's like the couple, like the, the, the topic of the song is the couple that had broken up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost kind of like uh, Bruises by Train, except that the Train song is about two friends who came together after having separate breakups and then being like, yeah, so anyway, what's up with you? <laughs> oh, I bet that's a good music video. I don't know if it has music video. I assume it does. And last but not least, Selena Gomez is back. And this time... What, you look so excited. No, I just, I just... When you said that, I was like, oh, that's right. I did see I did see she had a new album on the front page of iTunes. I saw that. Yeah. Um, the song I found from her was uh, Baila Conmigo with... Oh, I'm going to massacre this. I'm so sorry. Raul Alejandro. Okay. Now, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, Baila Conmigo is Dance With Me. That's what I... Okay. That's when I know. My, at least I'm keeping up on my Spanish a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I thought it meant. Um, it's... I don't know. There's something about it that I really like. And I really like the music video. And you don't see very much the Selena Gomez in it. She's like in this old, like... Uh, retro tv dancing for the music video but then it's uh actually framed after a girl that's watching the music video and she's trying to learn the dance moves and stuff like that okay. it's 
I don't know. I really like it. I really like kind of the new image and the new music Selena's coming out with because she's really playing around with the pop she we are used to hearing from her and then the Spanish like Latin side of her that I mean if you grew up in Wizards of Waverly Place and stuff like that like you wouldn't expect from her so it's like really mm-hmm. refreshing and and I like that I mean like ever since I'd say okay I'm not the most savvy with Selena Gomez's discography but since like lose you to love me she's been okay with branching away from mainstream pop and trying different things yeah which i mean is something we actually kind of talked about a little bit last episode as well but, but you know i know I, 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 that's cool I, I i definitely respect her for that anyway so what have you been listening to alex a lot of the same story here sewer person had new songs come out because it, it, it was at least three days that passed so of course he had to release something new although admittedly i think this is the biggest gap i've seen in him he hasn't released anything in like a week and a half i think Really? Was yeah. there more or less songs, or same amount as usual? It's. It, I mean, it was. He, he after his his last album came out like a month ago. He's only been doing singles here and there, but yeah, no. I think I, I think off the top of my head, I think it was like a week and a half ago it came out. Which I mean, again, I so I'm okay with because like he has to take a break sometimes, yeah. but I'm also still surprised. Like he's still not putting anything out. In any case, um, I know in a past episode I talked about my displeasure towards savage gasp which still holds true um but but he had a song come out that wasn't even under his savage gasp name on soundcloud it was under a side like a side i don't know if it's a joke account or just kind of like a uh, like a, a thought dump of things here here's small things that i kind of did but i'm not really pursuing one the song that came out on there called goodbyes are the hardest part and his vocals still aren't great and the verses still aren't aren't great but uh, the, the the chorus is is decent. I'll give him that. It's it's, it's actually kind of kind of catchy, and it's, it's that sounds heartfelt. And I'm definitely biased because it was produced by Ninety Three Feet of Smoke and Fatsy, who I both enjoy a lot as musicians. So I have a bias there, but but I'm willing to I'm willing to admit that I don't dislike everything Savage Gasp has done. Even if even if it hasn't wildly impressed me, it's not bad. I feel like this is an artist that you've been following long enough that you want to like, but he just keeps raising your hopes that someday soon because he's important to the scene i mean like if if, if people are gonna are gonna like discover more of this kind of music i i should at least at least know the the captain that's piloting the ship there <laughs> um uh also i know i've talked about them before but the band american football mm-hmm. um they're one of those bands that has all the members have like other side projects going on all the time and given that there was a 15 year gap in between the first and second albums, it was a time for them to, to, to do other things, of course. And the lead singer uh, has a side project. I want to say it's a solo one. He has like touring artists with him, but otherwise it's a, it was a solo project called Owen. Mm-hmm. And he had an album come out last year under the Owen moniker called The Avalanche. And honestly, it basically sounds like an American football album, just with a little less math rock in it. But, and, and I very much enjoy it. Uh, so, but that, that, but it is still the same feel of, like I said, American football, kind of chill and quieter. It isn't exactly a party song, more of uh, a day of relaxation or maybe going for a nice walk in the summertime kind of thing. I still love the uh, term math or mathematical rock. Math rock. Math rock. That's hilarious. It sounds like my like kryptonite, to be honest with you. Well, do you, do you know why it's called that? Kind of, but not like fully. Math rock doesn't actually really have anything to do with mathematics besides counting. 
Um, oh, it's, it's just a matter of they're constantly changing times as signature. So like the their most favorite song, Never Meant, it goes one, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three, four. So you always have to be counting in your head. Of, or the, the drummer, at least, has to be counting in his head to like make sure he's always on pace with, with how the song was written. Oh, man, that poor guy. I feel bad for the drummers. I feel like they get a lot of shit in I rock. swear, though, that that genre was made by a drummer who was getting <laughs> bored of doing the same thing all the Probably. time. Probably. But Don't instead, he went from like boring to extreme sports. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no. He went. He 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 went 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 from U twelve soccer to join the dual going to the World Cup. <laughs> um, also, I've been listening to covers of of a few songs. Uh, Kurt Kurt Hugo Schneider came back with uh, two people who he has not collaborated with in years: Alex Goot and Julia Shear, and they did "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence. Oh, and it's it's it's. Not the best I've heard from all from any of the three of them, but it, 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 it's it's it was more. I think I, I think I definitely had fun listening to all three of them work together. Yeah. And as such, I think the song is okay. I, th- I think I think they, they do a good job, but it's much more of a ballad than it is a rock ballad. <laughs> Whatever you would call that, some sort of anthemic, I know orchestrated anthem kind of thing. Evanescence is kind of a hard one to pin down sometimes. Goth rock, yeah, I, guess. I don't know. Honestly, that was probably the best umbrella term for that band. Um, there is a country musician who I have never heard of before called Mitchell Tenpenny, if you know him at all. Mm-mm. He covered uh, Louis Capaldi's Someone You Loved, Some Someone You Loved. Oh, I bet that's good. And see, I'm not a huge fan of, I, I, my, I'm not a huge fan of Louis Capaldi's voice for the same reason I'm not a huge fan of the lead singer of the 1975. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm, I'm just like, why are you singing it like that? Why are you like doing weird stuff with your voice? Like, just, just sing it. But it's a stylistic choice that other people like. I just it's just not my style. But as such, I this finding this cover helped me realize that I I do like his songwriting, even if I don't like his vocal styling. Yeah. Because Mitchell Tenpenny does a good job. And then three covers of Billie Eilish songs. Two of them are Oceanized. One of them is When the Party's Over. Uh, when the Party's Over is by Brett Eldridge, who I believe is also a country musician. It's a uh, it was a song he played at a concert and it was just recorded that time. And he does a really really good job because he's not he's not trying to mimic billy in the sense of like going falsetto and stuff he's mm-hmm. just he's just trying to bring out the same emotion that that same vulnerability that when yeah. the party's over has and then the two covers of ocean eyes one of them is an instrumental by a jazz musician called streetwise uh really damn good especially because he's basically doing the whole song with his with his band and then at the end, he begins improvising, which is common in jazz music, but it yeah. complements the song so nicely. Ooh. And the other is a cover by American Avenue, which is just a project by some solo dude, but he goes by a name. And I, I played it for a buddy of mine who likes this style of music. Um, it's like a very... I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say cinematic, but it's a very... Uh, powerful kind of pop punk yeah. I guess you would say uh, and I played I guess I showed it to a buddy of mine and he was like I, f- I, I feel like I should like this but I'm feeling kind of bored and I was I was trying, trying to think of why he, why he would say that what, what was his thing he was like it, it, the instrumentals are relatively basic it's power chords a regular drum track and maybe some synths to give it like, an, like a more full sound but I think where the song shines, regardless of of his, his lack of interest in the song, is uh, the dude's vocals. Like he is belting out ocean ocean eyes things because Billy 
while having good range, also sings quietly. Mm-hmm. This dude is just letting it all out. And he does a very, very good job with it. I think, too, is super... I should stop saying super, but I feel like it's more interesting when other people cover artists, especially like Billie Eilish, where not, a lot of people are almost confused why she's popular. And they don't put in the fact that she's a really good lyricist, even mm-hmm. if a lot of people are like not blown away by her stage presence because like she sings quieter. She kind of has that breathy sort of uh, vocals in a Definitely. lot of her stuff. And people kind of can't get past that. Uh, the fact that she's talking about a lot of vulnerable things about growing up kind of isolated and growing up with depression and growing up where she is different from her peers like her parents were both famous her brother was in the arts too mm-hmm. before she got into it so it's kind of an interesting sort of concept that she gets to play with and it's actually sort of exciting to hear that people are covering it and like people are enjoying it even more that way and it's also excuse me let me tell you this wine is making me salivate <laughs> it's all the vinegar uh, it's, it's got to be um, I, I, adding on, adding on to that thought, I was also just surprised to hear that country musicians were covering it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't think of a country artist enjoying Billie Eilish's music. But I mean, at the end of the day, a, a musician's a musician. Sure, yeah. they have their niche in a genre, but of course they would like other things too. You know, honestly, too, I think Billie Eilish's music would be so good as country music. Yeah, if they could figure out how to like kind of transition that her melody over and stuff, I would think they would mesh Mm -hmm. so well because they both are about being you know vulnerable and kind of isolated in some ways or another so it's super cool that i think they'd be able to cross over with with brett eldridge's thing of when the party's over like vocally it makes sense i could say i like it like that like (laughs) it it work it works in in a country styling even though he's playing it slow running acoustic guitar there's still that that genre the vocals work for it Mm -hmm. it's really cool uh I also and this this is this will be a short one, but it's a video game song. Uh, are you familiar with the Castlevania video yeah. games? So there was a game on the original Game Boy and from like '91 called Castlevania: The Adventure. It's not a very good game. It's not famous or anything. But the very opening music when you start level one is an intense song called "Battle of the Holy," and I found a rock cover of it, and it oh just sounds God. rad. Just just look up "Battle of the Holy," and I'm pretty sure the rock cover shows up before the actual soundtrack uh, bit, uh, bit chip tune version. Oh my God! It's really, it's, it's really really cool. I definitely I recommend that. Uh, crap! I had a thought to say about the whole Billie Eilish thing. Whatever. I was going to say, too, since you brought that up and um, we were talking about how it's good for people to cover artists like Billie Eilish because of her lyricism, um, that actually got brought up in one of my classes where an uh, artist named Ryan Adams, I guess this is going to sound really ignorant of me, but apparently he's really famous like for his lyrics. Ryan and or Brian? Ryan. Ryan, okay. Ryan Adams. Um, he covered a bunch of Taylor Swift songs, including Style from uh, that album that had come out at the time. And it was 1989. But um, nice. <laughs> he covered Style and he did it to prove that Taylor Swift is a 
good lyricist and a good artist. It's just people shit on her all the time that they don't actually give her the credit where sometimes it's more or less due. And then that's too why I'm excited that her uh, new, her updated version of the album Love Story is coming out tonight with six new songs. The album Fearless. Yeah. No, it was Love Story. No, Fearless, Love Stories on Fearless. Uh, love Stories on Fearless, Oh, yeah. my God. But, you know, I, when you said Taylor Swift, I was like, oh, I can bring that up. But, yeah, um, it's actually, from what I understand, it's the same story as what I mentioned with JoJo. Because Taylor Swift lost the rights to these albums, she's re-recording them mm-hmm. to get the rights back, basically. Which I I wholeheartedly stand behind. I'm like, kick ass, girl. I know. Kick ass. And she's releasing six new songs front, that was originally cut from that album, Fearless. And so all of them are going to be like unheard songs that just never made it on that album that she re-recorded too. So that's going to be really exciting. That's really cool, yeah. I also like how it's called Fearless, then in parentheses, Taylor's version. And every single song is the song title, but Taylor's version, Fearless, Taylor's version, Love Story, Taylor's version. Like I, I like that. Like it's, it's clear that she's, she's not being held back by a producer saying, um, have these vocals be sexier? Yeah, or like how she has to manage a lot of her albums because i'm curious why those six songs may have been cut off before if it was Mm -hmm. her decision or the producer's decision but she's excited to release Mm -hmm. them now so i'm like whatever the reason i'm really excited that she gets to kind of go down memory lane and reshare this after just turning what 30 or 31 it's been over a decade since this album came out and yeah she just turned 31 yeah so that's a really cool kind of weird play she's been put in in her career, but I think she's doing it very gracefully. And even though I've never quite been a huge fan of her, like I'm super impressed by her, like honestly. I give her credit because she has handled it with so much grace. Um, I saw an interview with her in some talk show i don't remember if i actually saw it live or if it was like something i saw on youtube in some like news channel like phil defranco or whatever years ago but she was talking about and this is like this is probably like 2013 2014 era taylor she was talking about how if someone messes up like oh yeah if if, if a teenager messes up in school okay well it gets posted about on facebook then like a few days later everyone's kind of moved on but if taylor messes up it becomes news and that's that's like a lot of of weight on her she was like i have to make sure i'm always careful when i go outside now and like the fact that that kind of thing has been on her for a decade and a half since like what 2006 when when, when did our song and tear ups on our guitar come out since like those those days, she has been in the limelight. She was 17 when she got famous, and she didn't go the Justin Bieber route, which is remarkable. I'm yeah. not saying she's perfect and flawless, but things could have gone way, way worse for her, and, and they, they didn't because she has the strength to hold on That's to That's probably... I think a lot of people were waiting for her to mess up, and she never did. So the only thing a lot of mainstream things could fall back on was sex shamer or slut shamer. Because, all her breakups yeah, and dating and stuff. Yeah, because at that point, they're just like, oh, she's dating so-and-so. Well, we know when the next album's coming out. And we're like, like okay. Or people would make fun of how many boyfriends she's had or something. Like, it never became about her music or, like, where she gets her inspiration. It, does she still want to stick to her Nashville roots? Because I think she has, like, a house down there somewhere. Nice. But now she has a house. Probably in L.A. somewhere. No, it was... Uh, Somewhere in New York, I'm pretty sure. Because she did the whole song about it, about how she bought 
um, an heiress's old mansion. Nice. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, it almost seems like they, they, they were they were trying to go the Britney Spears route with her, had mm-hmm. so much publicity and stuff, and watch her break, but she didn't. I remember when the media was blowing up because after the Kanye West thing at the VMAs, yeah, they were like, Taylor Swift loses it in response to Kanye when it was just an interview of her going, yeah, it was just I got the award and all of a sudden Kanye West was there and he began talking about Beyonce and I was like, oh, he's kind of, he's kind of a jerk, but then he went and sat back down and because she said he's kind of a jerk, Taylor Swift lost her mind and blew up yeah. over Kanye. And that too. Well, speaking of Britney Spears, did you see that a documentary came out about her? I began seeing Free Britney everywhere in regards to a documentary, but yeah. I never watched it. Oh God, it. I haven't seen all of it. I looked it up after uh, it first broke because everybody is just like, holy, like no wonder why she lost it in 2007. Because at that point, it was just a culmination of so much, so many. Also, speaking of Justin Timberlake from the last time we were talking about him and like how he kind of like flaky and we were talking about how he cheated on his wife. He's a... Uh, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't know what that like, means. Good or bad? What are you bad. saying? Bad. Okay. Because, uh, what was, it? the whole thing is culminating around the Britney Spears because they used to date back right. in the 2000, you know, 2000s. Back when dinosaurs were on the earth, yeah. Yeah. And uh, back when MTV still had music videos. Kind of. Kind of. VH1 had them at that point. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, They're talking about their relationship and how um because of the way britney came up to being famous like she had to pretty much be the pure child of whatever in the media yeah and justin timberlake would always make like small like sex jokes about her all the time so that people started asking her like hey are you having sex like getting way too much into her personal life Mm -hmm. and then they broke up and he's like yeah bang britney and then everybody lost it so then instead of talking about her musical career, they're talking about, oh, you know, uh, so you and Je- Justin Timberlake had sex and you and like all this. And, you know, are you worried about being a slut? And people are talking about like her boobs and stuff like that for no reason. And then 2007 happened where pretty much she was just done with paparazzi, like touching her and the managers trying to handle her and her team like always around her that she lost it and shaved her head. Because that was what was keeping her from leaving the building at the time. So she just fucking shaved it. And then everyone's like, oh, Brittany lost it. Brittany lost it. And I'm like, no wonder why she did. She had a shitty ex-boyfriend, crappy managers, and a whole mainstream media that was ready for her to snap, crackle, and pop. It talked about her dad, right? Because her dad's also oh, like, yeah. okay, good. It's like, like... I, I don't know. I guess this, this this whole thing actually kind of, made me, kind of made me realize how many people don't know her story. No, not not to say I knew her personally. I knew her story, but like I, I I had done research on her, so I knew about all that stuff. So when everyone was like free Britney, I'm like, what's happening now? But it was just the stuff that because I did some research on it, I already knew, and I didn't realize how much it was, how unknown it was, and I kind of like feel bad that I was quiet about it. Not not not, not that I would have changed anything, but I'm still like, oh, I thought this was like more publicly yeah. known. Well, also, too, uh, because of the documentary that came out and a lot of things that came to light in regards to her and her father's relationship, um, their judges reviewing her, what's it called? Uh, 
Uh, he, he 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 like owns her basically right now because she yeah. she wasn't like mentally sane or whatever. Yeah. He, it's like, like guard. It's extended guardianship, but there's actually a word for it even that I can't. She's like almost forty. Yeah, and her like apparently her dad is like trying to get her to break up with her boyfriend because technically he can do that under the guardianship he has. Are you looking up the word conservatorship? Yeah, conservat conservatorship conservatorship. No way, that's not. Yeah, that was the right word. I just don't think we can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> conservatorship. Conservatorship. He is her conservator. Bear with us, guys. <laughs> but yeah, that's the actual word. But what it means is just extended guardianship. Yeah. But yeah, like he can control almost every facet of her. He can control whether or not she has kids anymore. Like that is really weird yeah. to me. That's Yeah, that's not okay. Especially since he's like one of the manipulators to make people think that that it's a good that what he's doing is the right thing. Yeah. Um. Another person who was falling victim to that, but who left it, who like didn't didn't fall for it the same way. Not, I don't want to say fall for it, but didn't didn't succumb to it the same way Brittany did, and also didn't persevere the same way Taylor did, but just left was uh, Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. There was a span where she wasn't doing anything because she was upset with other people using her and what she loved doing to make their own money. Yeah. Like, hey, sign on to this to, to put your name on to this perfume brand. Do do wear, wear, wear this outfit for me. And at a certain point, she was just like, I I miss being in New York City and playing underground bars. Like, like I, I, I don't like how many people I'm... The, the the mindset of I don't I don't like how many people are, are fake around me kind of yeah. thing. So she just kinda of took a step back for a short while. I mean she's obviously back making music now, but I, I give her props. She had to she had to t- take a small pause and her career could have tanked because of it, but it didn't. Yeah, Lee, I am a lot of people have like if they like her, if they don't, they call her like an attention whore, or they call her like uh they say she has a voice but it's not really like that great of a voice or whatever i'm like she is out doing what she wants with the image she has because she created it like she's gone through hell and back in the industry with the people that she's met and the things that happened to her because of it and she still enjoys what she's doing she still enjoys creating a community for for the first time for in like mainstream media was the LGBTQ. Right. Like right. when she came out with the whole little monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know it's not the first time I know other artists have done it, but it was kind of a revamp to it in a more modern time. It wasn't just looking back at Prince anymore. I was look, just going to say yeah. Prince. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't like, I know. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But no, but no, yeah. but, but no, but I it's agree. It's the revamped it was, version of absolutely, it. Absolutely. Definitely. There was more glamour and more almost... I keep saying the word grace, so I'm going to say there was almost more, like, power behind it. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember first hearing Lady Gaga, and I first, the first song I heard was Just Dance. I hadn't heard Poker Face for a while, actually, after I heard Just Dance. I'm like, okay, this is the girl who sings that. Um, but it wasn't until Paparazzi came out that I began taking her more seriously. Because mm-hmm. I'd only heard those first two songs, and I think she had a third one, but that wasn't as big. But then paparazzi came out and it was a much softer kind of thing, and I and I was like, oh okay, I, I like this. I can actually hear more of like her voice kind of thing. Uh, and of course, love or uh, was it? Alejandro. No, 
Let's have some fun. This beat is like, sick. I want to take a ride on your disgust there. <laughs> Thank you. What love? No, what is that called? Love it's, game. That's what to say, it is. What, what's some bad romance? What's I know. That? I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh god, come on. Bad romance though. That whole stint and music video and that song release, I think, is when I started realizing how talented she was. There was a before we get we get into the rest of her her thing though. There was a song off that first album, Fame Monster, that was apparently a single, but I hadn't heard of until last year. The song uh, "Say," a a in parentheses. Oh, I love that song. I hadn't heard of it until then. I'm like, why? Why wasn't this one on the radio? This is a there's fun, one pop, I think you'd one. like. I think it, it's not Space Cowboy. What is it called? Boys, boys, boys. I love that one too. <laughs> Was it where it's like listen to, or go make out under the bleachers listening to the killers? I'm like that's all I need. I I, just, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> like that that sounds like that fits my aesthetic and I'll take that. Uh, Summer boy. No, what one was there? It was featured on um, America's Next Top Model. Ooh. Oh, and I apologize. The album was the fame. The fame monster was like the the, oh, the and, additional EP that had Alejandro on it. Yeah, and. Funny enough, I believe it's called uh, Fame. The Fame was featured on uh, America's Next Top Model. The Fame. I will say, though, for her, the one song that I like, I, I didn't care for from the beginning, by way of song quality, not by way of message, was Born This Way. Like, mm-hmm. it, it never it never did anything for me. I'm like, I'm not having, like, too much fun, but it's also not, like, boring. But it, it, it had a good message, so I'm not going to, like like, say it was a bad song. It just was not my thing. I would agree. The song I'm thinking of is Love Struck, and that has Space Cowboy and Flo Rida. Flo Rida. I forgot that he Florida. featured. Um, yeah, a lot of her early stuff just sounded very disco-y and very, I don't know, super techy and something about music. that mix. Yeah, it was just a really interesting mix. Where's Art Pop? There's Art What's the one I'm thinking of? I actually haven't applause. heard it. I like applause. I love applause, too. When I first came out, I hated it. And then one day, I think I heard it in the car, and it just clicked. I'm like, I yeah. like this. I like... Uh, there, there, there's a show I watched online, Game Grumps, where they talked about that song. And also, some of my friends just do this, too. When it gets to the chorus, like, most people just go... <laughs> Turn the lights on. <laughs> like, 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 no one like tries to sing the song really well, but it's just, I, I like, I like the way everyone interpret interprets that chorus. Just slowly start. I live by the applause, applause, applause. It's a very fun song. Start shrieking. I love it. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. So speaking of documentaries, I mentioned it before, but I finally watched uh, the Little Peep documentary on Netflix my or everyone's everything yep. oh that was so hard to watch and not hard to watch because it was anywhere like poor quality or something like that or not an interesting story what's sad is he had a such an interesting story and everybody who they interviewed had nothing but good things to say about this kid they're like yeah he's a little like misguided here and there but he's just so nice that he was just giving anything and everything away to people around him including his time and his energy and when eventually his life yeah and i still don't understand how he passed away like don't get me wrong i understand it was a fentanyl overdose it usually is in cocaine and shit like that 
That's how a lot of other artists died. But I don't get how it was just him. Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I only watched it the one time. That was like a few months ago. But I'm pretty sure it was exhaustion. His body kind of gave up, and then the, then the drug was just the catalyst that shut things down. Yeah, but they said he had like a lot of that in his system. And when you overdose on that, it's not something that Narcan can reverse. It's it pretty much a lights out sort of drug. But like you're in the back of a tour bus, partying with like everybody in your clique. People are like all doing drugs back there how come no one took the same drug as him i i don't know i guess i'm i don't understand how someone else didn't die too from it like i said well because he was exhausted from life they weren't they were they were partying it up and they were they were riding his coattails yeah i i assume i don't know i i, I wasn't there the unfortunate part of the whole thing is that this kid who was barely what 21 or 22 uh, i'm pretty sure he what he, he had like recently turned 21 yeah had passed away and he had a lot of drugs in his system. Holy shit. <sighs> oh, yeah. He just died. He just died in his sleep because he took a nap and didn't wake up. Yeah. Um, well, see, see with, the, with the documentary, I feel like there were times it could have touched on things a little bit further. Like, some of the things just felt surface level. I'm like, yeah. go further with that. But, um, yeah, the title actually comes from his last Instagram post he ever made. He began, he, I mean, he posted a picture, but he, he, started, he started it off with, I just want to be everybody's everything. And then he had a whole speech about how hard it is or whatever. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's hard for a kid, especially like eight or yeah, 18 to like 22 is just, you're fumbling around in the dark, man. You don't know what's up or down. You're just on a track and you're going forward. Yeah. And like... I just it's such a sad thing to happen especially to someone who's so talented and i know people say that and they're like oh you know it's just like sad boy rap and shit like that but like he was such an interesting mix of like that new age sort of soundcloud rap and like a mix of like my chemical romance and sort of the grungier sort of look yeah he he, he i believe he played guitar i don't I'm not positive on piano, but he also knew how to make a vocal melody. Like for me, that's the hardest part about songwriting. So seeing someone who was li literally able to walk down a hallway and yell switchblades cocaine and be able to have that be a melody for a song that got <laughs> produced is I'm like jealous and, and amazed. <laughs> I'm jealous and like awe inspired. Like, look how good he is. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if we'd enjoy certain artists the way we do today if it weren't for people like blow peep and mac miller and juice world well, i was gonna say we we, and, would, we would appreciate juice world if it wasn't for peep exactly and like he juice world worked with so many different artists and came out with so many new sort of twists on old genres that you know kind of elevated sad boy rap from like the underground SoundCloud to something that artists were trying to get in touch with as soon as they could in their careers. Who are trying to get involved. I mean, you, yeah. got, you have Gex who has people like Charlie XCX and Fallout Boy reaching out to them. And, yeah. And, and not Triple Red. Who is the other one? Not important. But the thing is like, yeah, <laughs> there are mainstream artists who are like not only being involved in that scene, but are actively trying to become a part of it. Yeah. And I honestly, and Ty has talked about this too a lot. I'm starting to understand. After watching that documentary, I, I understand more of where he's coming from, where he, he was saying that 
he doesn't think MGK's career in the pop punk sad boy side that he's doing, if it weren't for someone to kind of blaze the trail ahead, which was Lil Peep. And honestly, yeah, because that whole kind of like grungy rock image with the sad boy pairing and stuff like like that was all taken from Lil Peep's book. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think Machine Gun Kelly would have been able to rebrand himself as something original if not for that, because otherwise he'd be pulling straight from just Blink-182. And at that point, he'd just be that sort of cover band. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, at least he, he, he wouldn't want people to do it and have any kind of success. Nobody, yeah. nobody would have cared. Um, no, that's, that's, that, that's a really interesting point. Uh, that being said, I'm... I, by just pure objective music talent, not like impact on the world, but just music talent, I don't think Peep is one of the greats. Oh no. Because a lot of his songs are kind of samey. Mm-hmm. And I like I like what the songs two and three are, are basically copies of song one with, with some slight modifications here and there. But because I like song one, I'm okay with songs yeah. two and three. But if somebody ever said, all of Lil Peep sounds the same... I personally would disagree, but I have also objectively understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I think there are so many routes. Like, like Lil, Lil Peep can be the and I. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Lil Peep and the whole goth boy clique, but even the members of the clique are like people didn't care about us; they cared about Peep. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's kind of like a base that others have branched off with, and there are people who became. The stereotypical mumble rappers that like like Lil Yachty off the top of my head mm. would be like one of those. There are people who focus more on the music production, and in the realm of SoundCloud, that would be people like Fatsy, Killed My Juliet, even the Ninety Three Feet of Smoke to an extent. Where would you put uh, Ghost Mane in that? Because well, I, well, was I it, wasn't Ghost Mane part of the Goth Boy Click. He was a part of one of the groups, but I couldn't remember for the life of me which one it was. I just remember seeing him being like, that's what he looks like when he's sort somewhat normal. I, I honestly don't know enough of his stuff to know where to put him in there. That's fair. I have no idea who he is besides his name is Ghostman, and he might be dating Poppy or engaged or one of the two. Oh, that's right. I, I vaguely remember that. Um, but my second favorite SoundCloud sad boy is Sewer Person, and that dude is a lyricist it is so easy to fall into the same uh pitfalls of going to the same bank of uh lyrics to choose from uh because oftentimes at least by way of like a mainstream artist most people will only hear a lot of your singles yeah so if the entire album has a song that that talks about like a a go-to example just in the emo hard rock stuff like like uh, amity affliction is the term my past well, if a person only hears one or two songs and they hear my past, they don't think anything of it. But if you were to listen to the whole album, you would hear it every single song. Yeah. But if you're a passionate fan, it, it's, if you're, if you're going to listen to the album, you're probably a more serious fan and that won't bug you. Yeah. Sewer Person doesn't do that. Miles just straight up, his name's Miles, just straight up will like like make a, a, new, a new mindset every single song. And it, it, he does it so well and I'm always impressed by like, this is, that was, that was a, that was really good. Like, I... I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but okay. Admittedly, I guess Miles do, does use the term "hurt" a lot, but I think one sentence, one one word, isn't the same as like 
a go-to sentence all the time. Like, Juice World is not a lyricist. That dude had has like, let's say he has 50 songs. 10 of them are like lyrically unique and the others just, just are dipping from the same pool. Yeah. But also, too, something that I didn't realize about a lot of these artists, especially like starting with Lil Peep and like all the other sound clutters, as a lot of them are like self-trained in mm-hmm. a lot of it. They're not going out professionally and getting like training on how any of these programs work. They're not getting training on like how these instruments work and how to create melodies and write music. For sure. Um, and, and, and the production of it all, like I watched an interview with Fatsy and he said he knew how to play guitar and he knew some piano, but everything else he just learned by doing. Like just just by by making so much music and surrounding himself by people who are in the exact same boat, who are all learning together, they they, they spiked in, in music and vo- just production of the entire thing, vocal and instrumentals, because they know what they're doing now they're all self-taught music producers they can mix and master make beats make guitar melodies and do and do the lyrics themselves because they've practiced so much yeah i think that's so damn cool i also like the confidence i'm seeing in producers who are now kind of not just producing they're becoming artist names in and of themselves Mm -hmm. by way of uh, mainstream, I would say Benny Blanco is the big one. He's been producing for like years, but now he's finally being, even if he's not vocal, he's not, not on vocals himself, he's still using his name as the song's artist. Um, admittedly, I think I only really know East Side and maybe a few other side, uh, smaller ones, but. Honestly, for the longest time, I only know Benny Blanco from the FX show Dave about Little Dicky. Oh, I forgot he's in that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because all he does is just insult the shit out of people, and I just oh, you're there for it. Favorite. Um, people like Will I Am, uh, Tayo Cruz. Tayo Cruz, tell me how you feel. I don't know what song that's from. Uh, Break Your Heart. Ah, okay. My thing. This is Ludacris, but Tayo yes, Cruz, tell him how you it feel. Is. Oh my god. I. I just had. I love. Lu- I love Ludacris. I don't know, like. Mm, I know maybe like one five hundredths of a percent of his discography, but as a person, as an actor, for some reason, <laughs> I would see him in room and think, I really want him to think I'm cool. Like I'd get nervous around, around Ludacris because I'm like, he's so awesome. I, I, I wanna, I want, I want him to think I'm cool too. I loved being in middle school and hearing his music, and he sounded so like maybe like PG thirteen. Yeah. But like his earlier discography was like straight up rated R. Was it? And. I don't know how you mellow out so fast in like maybe eight years, but holy frick, that was the funniest thing to me. I'm like, uh, I literally for the longest time thought Ludacris was like the Will Smith rapper. Really? Yeah, where he's just like doesn't swear in song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was wrong. (laughs) Whoops. Will Smith doesn't have to curse in his raps to sell records. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. Ludacris, I first knew from Yeah by Usher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Adam at work one time, and yeah, I was on, and, and I rapped all all, all Ludacris's part, even the fast part where he go, where he goes, so give me the rhythm and it'll be off with a clothes, and he goes, wait, those are words there? I'm like, yeah, he's saying this, and he goes, oh, a- 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 Adam Spinner went, oh, I, I just always went do 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 do. Oh my God, it is Adam. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 
what song? I don't know what song it was. It was that. It was popular at the time. It was when we were coming back from Nebraska. Karina, you, me, Mallard. No, Malin, I think Avery, because Avery rapped like the whole part of this one song that went really fast. Everywhere I go? Oh, okay, no, that was song. us. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what song it was, and I think the whole car just stopped talking for a bit, and we all were just like, Whoa. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm like, I, don't remember, I didn't even know there was words there, and I can't remember what song it was. I think it was with uh, Chris Brown, maybe, and like another artist. I can't remember the whole song if he remembers this. And, but yeah, no, everywhere we go was you, me, and Mallory and everybody else just, just praying that we'd shut up. And I was bummed about that because that was the very end of the drive. So my throat was trashed. I could not hit any notes accurately. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't stop me from singing. Just but hear I, a squeak I was, I was every a once in a while. We're just like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, God damn it. What was my initial point? Producers who became artists in their own right. Oh, God, there's Ryan Tedder, uh, one, one, one Republic mm-hmm. beat singer. He's written so many pop hits, or at least in the past he had. I don't, I don't know much about what he's on nowadays, but in like the early teens, late aughts, he was, a, he was a big deal when it came to writing songs for people. I, uh, I mean, One Republic's still going. They keep um, about a year. Yeah, it was last year they dropped one of their new albums. Yeah, you, you mentioned there was a song in it you liked. Yeah, but other than that, I haven't really heard much of from... One Republic. I can't believe you finished that bottle of wine. Oh, it's not done yet. Oh, my God. Give, give, give me a sec. Uh, oh, it was. SoundCloud. Cool. I was going to bring it all together. Full circle. Um, there's also a bunch of people who produce, mix, and master things for the, the Sad Boy SoundCloud people. I assume I have to assume it's because they're all kind of friends and maybe not friends, but know each other yeah, just from their, their, like, their scene. Um, what, I'm going to get off topic here, but hopefully I'll, I'll re- remember why I want to come back. Oh, God. But I've all, I also like that in the age that, that because of SoundCloud, a scene doesn't have to be an area. It doesn't have to be Southern California. It doesn't have to be New York, uh, like, uh, blues thing. Like, the guys I listen to, one of them is based in Virginia. One is in New Jersey. One is in Texas. Two of them have moved to L.A., but they're all still, like, working together. But yeah. because of the internet, they don't have to actually be physically in the same space anymore. Which, I mean, I, I personally like the camaraderie, like things like that. So that's a little bit of a bummer for me, but it doesn't inhibit the art that they make, which I yeah. like. They kind of make their own community space, not yeah. make a space around their community. Like that. Uh, but there is a producer of these guys who occasionally releases his own thing. And then even more rare of his own thing, does he have vocals in it of himself? Uh, his name, uh, the 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 name is I'm saying him. Maybe it's a, a girl, a woman. I don't know, um, but it's the name killed my Juliet, all one word, um, and the, their song, suicide, is a very is it's. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't, don't want to be cliche and say it's powerful, and I don't, don't want to be over the top and say it's like so amazingly well done. But something about it like stuck with me and not in like a sense that everyone has to be worried but just like the, the the song itself even if it wasn't about suicide it does it 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 sounds really good for someone who I would only assume to be working behind the scenes mm-hmm. like he pitches his I, whatever he pitches his vocals down so it, it's obviously a free kind of deep quality to a voice but um with the 
instrumentation of a bass and like a very delicate synth. It it's a very it's 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 just a an emotional song. I think it's just the best generic term I can give to it. Uh, and I was very pleased that a, a guy who I'd seen produce, I'd seen his name in parentheses, producing and mixing and mastering the songs of these other people, did something on his own that that resonated with, with me so much. I, it's it's just star power and talent can come from anywhere i guess yeah. I, I didn't really have a bookend to that thought i just it was just something i wanted to share i guess that's kind of the epitome of this episode though isn't it? <laughs> yeah at this point i don't know i always kind of just use soundcloud for either following my friend who has like pretty much started soundcloud because he used to make music in high school and uh what we're in ap lit and I think it was Brave New World. Where that's where they take Skoma or Skuma. Not, no, no, not Skyrim. Uh, that sounds like a disease. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like that. What What is the thing? What's Brave New World? A uh, book? Yeah. It's a dystopian book about pretty much this Native American who gets brought into like this new and modern world and kind of like the weird clash. And, I've heard of that. Who wrote like, it? Oh, Aldous Huxley. Never mind. I don't. I, don't I was gonna say that. Huxley. That makes me feel better. Huxley. Oh my God. Oh, it's, it's oftentimes compared to 1984. I've heard of it because people have done like yeah. this Orwellian horror thing in reference. Pretty much, just all he's introduced to the society that's pretty much uh, controlled by sex and drugs, and one of the drugs is soma or suma, S O M A, um, okay. where it's kind of like a mellow out drug. Everybody just freely takes it which makes them complacent yeah and uh for our like ap project we had to do like a whole presentation about like what we pulled from the book and like all this because it's an ap class you gotta make it difficult and he did his whole thing and he goes oh miss rybar like i made this for the class and he made a whole song about like just the drug and he got a bunch of other guys from the class to like feature on it and yeah. now half of them want to be a rapper nice. and it's the funniest shit that's cool though but he lost the original track so we've been trying to get him to like remake it because it's the funniest shit i've ever heard but anyway the rest of his music is good um what's the name plug him oh god He's going to hate me because I can't pronounce I can't pronounce this. Aunt. Anansi. Oh, cool. It's DJ Anansi. Thank you. A-N-A-N-A-N-S-I. Yeah. I can't remember what the whole story behind it was. There's a creepypasta called Anansi's Goatman. You know, that might not be it. But <laughs> <laughs> I won't rule sure. it out. But yeah, but yeah so that's that's about all i got on my notes over here i only had like two bullet points and one of them is just a little peep and that was it so i'm really <laughs> talk about that i'm impressed with our stream of consciousness that we've just m- mouth vomited all over uh i feel like the way talking on this podcast makes it sound like i get most of my music from soundcloud which isn't true i get most of mine from watching music videos on youtube and looking into the suggested sidebar Hell that's yeah. how i found okay with the exception of people who I follow on social media already, like est- people I have established, I enjoy, and I follow that stuff. Finding new artists is almost always on, on that suggested video list. And then SoundCloud is when I'm finding things in the same niche genre. But I've definitely been going there more in the last like year, two years. Uh, 
Because originally I would just go on the iTunes store and browse. Yeah, that's usually what I used to do. And then I stopped doing that. Honestly, I get a lot of my music from Spotify. Spotify figures that it's the yeah, main way nowadays. It'll be like, hey, I, I made a new playlist. Like, enjoy this, master. And I'm like, cool, thank you. And so I'll just kind of pick and pull off that. But otherwise, a lot of it has been in, on Facebook or uh, YouTube for me. YouTube usually suggests stuff that I already have in playlists. So it's kind of like a 50-50 if it's going yeah. like, to Go be new or interesting. <laughs> But uh, Facebook has been stalking my butt on all of my apps, so I'm trying to use the algorithm like to be beneficial for me. So I'll just keep typing in new music in different bars, yeah. and then it'll just constantly pop up, nice. like new release or newly listed or whatever. So I, uh, I guess yeah, I, could, I, I could say I find some music from Pandora because that's what we use at the bar. Mm -hmm. So like the reason I found the Mitchell Tenpenny cover and the Brett Eldridge cover of Billie Eilish is because it was playing over Pandora in the bar. Oh, that's awesome. But I, I just can't get myself to listen to Pandora. What's the difference between Pandora and Spotify? I don't know. Like I've only had the free Pandora version okay. and I've never enjoyed it enough to get the regular version, but I just feel like I don't have enough control over what I'm listening to, okay. like, which is fair. It's really good if you want to find new music or like things that fit within your niche, but I already have YouTube to do that for mm -hmm. me. For sure. I just don't care about streaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I like owning things, DVDs, music, whatever. Just uh, pirate them off. What is it? Is the LimeWire still a thing? Do the I kids don't know what you're talking about. I'm a good person who buys everything I listen to and, and, and participate By in. By the time I understood what LimeWire was, they shut it down like the first or second time. I just don't know if it's up again. Do kids even know what LimeWire is? Do, do, do they even know what Napster is? Because I barely know what Napster was. <laughs> that was that was shut down like like when I was four or something. Yeah. But LimeWire was, was just a file sharing site, illegal file sharing site. And I know that they've ever been offshoots in the past, like Frostwire and... MP3 Skull. I saw that pop up a lot. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully this this stream of consciousness wasn't too jarring for you because with the exception... I mean, this, that's, this is more or less how our music conversations go. Oftentimes we're in the car and listening to music, so there's something to kind of shepherd us onto a topic kind of thing, but... In general, if we don't plan things out, this is how we talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd say we did pretty good. So I'm, I'm actually very impressed with how that turned out. Yeah, um, we, we, we might do more of these in the future, but for now, we, we, we have, we have some more guided ideas that that'll be coming out after this one. Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. As usual, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. Uh, I mean, technically, we have Instagram at least. Yeah, it's uh, there. Uh, Facebook is still the, the, the premier place for all the listen to this news. Uh, so make sure to give us a like there. Check check things out. Share some of our favorite episodes that you've liked. Yeah. Get your friends in on it. Tell, tell your friends. <laughs> okay, otherwise, we will uh, see you all next time. Bye. Bye.